we'll forego the formality. We were getting ready to start a show recording and had to make a switch because news has broken. Welcome into the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters show. Mitch Prosser, Justin Hall here with you. We are live on Facebook and on YouTube. We usually don't go live, only in certain circumstances, and today is one of those circumstances. A major. Just oh. moments ago, I'm speaking on to my left. Just moments ago, the South Carolina State Supreme Court released its decision regarding the heartbeat bill, the heartbeat law that was signed into law by Governor Henry, Henry McMaster just a few short months ago. This is the second time they have ruled on a heartbeat bill, and this time is not like the last time. No. The heartbeat bill, the injunction was vacated, and the heartbeat bill has been ruled constitutional by a vote of four to one. Four to one. That's big news, ladies and gentlemen. By decision, four to big one. Pardon. News. Uh, the opinions were still coming. The opinions, it's 51-plus pages. Um, and so, like like Justin said, we're getting this uh, almost as rapidly as you are. The news broke uh, less than... About 10 uh, minutes ago. Yeah, less than 30 minutes ago. So, we're still pouring over the opinions. As far as we can tell, Justice Few, Justice Kittredge, Justice James, and Justice Hill have sided on the um, state's side on the, of the majority, argument, yeah. on the majority opinion, and yep. the lone dissenting, as he says respectfully, and I quote, respectfully, uh, the lone chief. dissenting opinion is the Chief Justice, Justice Don Beatty. Let, let's, let's dive in here because there's a lot to break down, so please, uh, if you have questions, feel free to comment those yeah. on this live video. We'll be happy to take your questions as they come across as we have the time. We will still get to the show material we had previously planned. It may not be as impactful because of this great... And uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is huge. This is great news for the state of South Carolina. No longer will we be an abortion destination state in the Southeast because our law will be more strenuous than other states' laws which means that ladies who want to have an abortion will no longer be be find South Carolina um, a okay. safe haven, if you will, right. for the opportunity to kill a baby in their womb. Now, this does mean that the dividing line is about six weeks or the detection of fetal heartbeat acti- fetal cardiac activity or a heartbeat. Yes. This, I just want to take a second before we dive into the nuts and bolts of the decision. Let's take a step back as we should do with breaking news, yes, and understand how we got here. This has been a long, arduous process. Welcome to government. Yeah. Welcome to public policy. Welcome to public policy in a highly intense topic. As we know, the heartbeat bill one was signed, S1 was signed by Henry McMaster in 2021. It was sued. It was overturned unconstitutional in a three to two decision. The state went back to work. The General Assembly went back to work, passed this one, immediately sued, and now we're here. Again, I think earlier than we thought we would be. Justice Kittredge wrote the majority opinion. Yes. Uh, Just really quickly, he gives a little bit of a background here. We first acknowledge and confront the obvious. The subject of abortion is a highly contentious and divisive issue in our society. We recognize the tendency of many to, to view the divisive issue of abortion through a lens shaped by their own politics or personal preferences. To be clear, our decision today is in no way intended to denigrate or exalt any of the valid concerns on either side of the debate, whether those concerns are based in privacy, morality, medicine, religion, bodily autonomy, or something else. Rather... 
respectful of the separation of powers, principles, and the limited role of the court, we approach our solemn duty in this case with a single commitment to honor the rule of law. In our constitutional framework, the rule of law does not bend to satisfy personal preference. It did in the previous decision. It does not here. The case before us is unique due to our recent decision in Planned Parenthood 1. I hate that term, but that's what we're calling it. Right. In that case, by a 3-2 vote and in five separate writings, the 2021 act was declared unconstitutional. While the three justices in the majority reached the same conclusion, their reasoning varied differently. Much of their relevant analysis centered on the scope of the search and seizure clause of the state constitution, Article 1, Section 10, right? Chief Justice Beatty and now-retired Justice Hearn were firmly in the camp of an expansive reading of the privacy provision. On the other hand, while Justice Few agreed with the ultimate result reached by them, his reasoning was different. He pointed to what he believed were flaws in the General Assembly's failure to consider the necessary factual question as a predicate to its policy judgment. After detailing his particular concerns, with a focus on the legislative findings mm -hmm. and the purposes of the act, Judge Few determined that it was unconstitutional as it violated that act and section. However, importantly, here we go, Justice Few agreed with the two dissenting justices that at the time, Kittredge was one of those, that the South Carolina Constitution, whether in Article 1, Section 10, or elsewhere, does not expressly provide a right to have an abortion. There is a right to privacy, but there is not a right to abortion. Justice Few did not read in the right to an abortion into the right to privacy. He never did. Right. He was a bit of a swing vote here or a swing decision here, but so was the fact that Justice K. Hearn retired. Her term came up. And she a was lot done. Of, and a lot of people were concerned about the new justice on the Supreme Court, the addition of Justice Hill, Gary Hill, on the Supreme Court, and whether or not he would side on this issue. Now, it is important to note that while we never ask questions directly related to a specific issue like right. life to a justice, there are certain questions that can be asked that would suggest whether or not, or, or let me rephrase that, how they would side on an issue. Ultimately, what what boils down to here, and, and please, you know, Justin, we've talked about this over and over again in the office on the well, a few times on the air, we never want to filter out a judge or justice or or include them in a decision based on our perspective outside, sure. outside of a constitutional perspective. So I never want to say, listen, if if, if my opinion is is in stark contrast to the state's constitution, mm -hmm. then that justice must be struck because they agree with the Constitution, not with my opinion. Right, that's you know, if, if, inappropriate. If the, and I'm, I'm trying to think of something so innocuous as to use as an illustration here. But if my opinion is that uh, you know everyone must wear purple shirts on Wednesdays mm -hmm. and the state Constitution strictly for, forbids that, mm -hmm. then if the judge says, I agree with you, Mitch, everybody should wear purple shirts on Wednesdays, then that judge should not be a judge or justice because they do not believe in a strict adherence or constructionalism to the state's constitution. So fascinating here. Yeah. This has been vacated. This injunction has been vacated and declared constitutional. The act has been declared. Yes. Um and and I, we won't we won't read through no. that that part of it. It's mainly just names. I have this conclusion I have yes. Kittrich's conclusion on his on his majority opinion. In conclusion, the legislature has found, by the way, we're reading this for the first time has found that the state has a compelling interest. That is, this is huge. Now we're going to, story decisis has a place. Previous court precedent has a place in the court. This is in uh, section six of his opinion. 
The legislature has found that the state has a compelling interest in protecting the lives of the unborn of unborn children. That finding is indisputable and one we must respect. The legislature has further determined after vigorous debate and compromise that its interest in protecting the unborn becomes actionable upon the detection of a fetal heartbeat via ultrasound by qualified medical personnel. It would be a rogue imposition of will by the judiciary Hmm. for us to say that the legislature's determination is unreasonable as a matter of law, particularly on the record before us and in the specific context of a claim arising under the privacy provision in Article 1, Section 10. As a result... Our judicial role in this facial challenge to the 2023 Act has come to an end. The judiciary's role is to exercise our judgment as to whether the legislative weighing of competing interests was within the range of possible reasonable choices rationally related to promoting the legislature's legitimate interests. Let me try to break that down for you. The judiciary's role is to exercise judgment when determining whether the legislature had a right to even bring this up and whether it was a legitimate interest. Having concluded that it was, we consequently defer to the legislature's gauging of the profound competing interests at stake. Accordingly, we vacate the preliminary injunction and hold the 2023 act as constitutional. That's that. Uh, please don't gloss over that statement. And I'm saying that to myself it is constitutional. Justice few and Hill concur and James and James. Thank you. Justice Few has written a separate opinion. <clears throat> we'll, we'll, we'll try to cover this as quickly as we can. Get, I'm going to give you a break to come Thank over you. that. I'm going to read the conclusion from Justice uh, Justice Beatty, who is the lone dissenting uh, opinion on the court. I agree with you that I agree with you that the majority that as judges, our solemn duty is to uphold the rule of law. Today, however, the majority has abandoned the precedent established just months earlier by this court and, despite its insistence otherwise, has turned a blind eye to the obvious fact that the 2021 Act and the 2023 Act are the same. And he adds italicies there to add emphasis. The result will essentially force an untold number of affected women to give birth without their consent. That's I'm, political talking of point course, and not and, judicial And we're going to go reference. to the battle between the Supreme Court and the legislature here in just a moment in plenary power. I am hard-pressed to think of a greater government intrusion by a political body. He now calls out the branch of government. This outcome is not an affirmation of the separation of powers as the majority declares, but an abdication of this court's duty is to ascertain the constitutionality of the challenged legislation. Although today's decision has impaired our role as an independent and co-equal branch of government. How? I, I Just leave that there. How? How many of you believe that the judiciary is co-equal? Um, well, we'll just... Yeah, I am confident that we will quickly quickly return to the question again. In other words, just wait, there's more. The majority itself predicts by noting this, by noting it is leaving for another day, in quotes, and then in ellipses, the meaning of fetal heartbeat and whether the statutory definition, another ellipses, refers to one period of time during a pregnancy or two separate periods of time, end of quotation. 
and he's referring to the majority's opinion. In the absence of this critical determination, I fail to see how the majority's result today is legally justifiable. So the so so the four justices who have sided in the majority are acting rogue and illegally. Yes. Uh, what an interesting and, statement. And abdicating their authority uh, back to the General Assembly, which he, notes, which he notes in the next paragraph. While the majority, or actually continues the paragraph, while the majority makes much of the General Assembly's, here it is, plenary power, I agree with the observation in the concurrence that when the General Assembly enacts legislation that violates the Constitution, it has exceeded its plenary power and it is the court's duty to say so. Unfortunately, this is such an instance. In other words, he's he's ceding plenary power to the General Assembly, however, maintaining his hold on the fact or, or his belief that this is an unconstitutional bill, which is now law. As previously noted, the fear of legislative reprisal is palpable. I'm going to read that again. As previously noted, he must say in his dissenting opinion earlier, the fear of legislative reprisal is palpable. The lack of judicial independence renders a court powerless and places it on the edge of a slippery slope of irrelevance. So, So ruling that the legislature has an actual interest in this law and in this action has put us on a slippery slope? Is that what he's arguing? Is that what he's arguing? Listen, I I disagreed with Chief Justice Beatty and his decision in 2021, and his decision in 2023 has only further cemented the fact that he should not be Chief Justice of this court. One would argue his his jurisprudence is severely lacking in its judgment. <laughs> but he mentions some he mentions some good points and I think Justice Few actually addresses them in his in his decision. Because Justice Few 7 months ago voted to strike down the 2021 Fetal Heartbeat and Protection from Abortion Act. He says because the General Assembly specifically recognized a woman's interest in making an informed choice about whether to continue a pregnancy, yet banned essentially all abortions without the General Assembly having made inquiry as to whether a substantial percentage of women even know that they are pregnant in such a time to make a choice. His argument was with the legislative findings. The legislative findings did not support what the legislation actually did. The legislative findings did not change the merit. They did not support the merit of the law. And a simple reading of the bill would have shown that. Planned Parenthood argues the 2023 Act is no different from the 2021 Act because both ban most abortions at some point in time. The cardiac activity or the steady and repetitive rhythmic contraction of the fetal heart within the gestational sac. That was a key point in the argument that we heard in the court that day. Thus, Planned Parenthood argued simplistically, my vote should be the same as it was in Planned Parenthood 1. The state argues, on the other hand, that these things have changed. I'm paraphrasing here. Key statement. I find the 2023 Act is constitutional. Now, many felt that Justice Few would only find a constitutionality cementing in a bill that banned abortion from the moment of conception. And we can... We'll talk about that in a second. 
but he finds this one constitutional. He firmly stands behind everything he wrote in Planned Parenthood 1. While I wholeheartedly agree with Justice Kittrich's statement that the General Assembly's authority to legislate is plenary, that plenary power must be exercised with according to the law. When the General Assembly enacts legislation that violates the Constitution, it has exceeded its plenary power. In Planned Parenthood 1, and when they tried to argue separation of powers because it was overruled, he said they, the legislature acted outside of that plenary power. Ultimately, we, we skip down, the General Assembly did not attempt to simply reenact the same legislation, as Planned Parenthood argues. Rather, it amended the act in what appears to be a sincere attempt to comply with the narrowest reading of this court's ruling in Planned Parenthood 1. The question now before the court, therefore, is whether the attempt was successful. Do the changes the General Assembly made from the 2021 Act to the 2023 Act make it possible for this court to find the Act constitutional, despite the fact the threshold for banning most abortions did not change? Of course, Article 1, Section 10, we've referenced it several times and we've talked about it before on the show, says, this is in the state constitution, the right of the people to be secure in their persons against unreasonable invasions of privacy shall not be infringed. He's paraphrasing. There are three steps in the analysis of an unconstitutional invasion of privacy claim. First, the court must identify the state's interests underlying its action. When the claim is based on legislative action, as it is here, the court must identify the interests of the General Assembly. Second, the court must identify the countervailing privacy interest implicated. Third, once the competing interests have been identified, the court must address whether the invasion is unreasonable. In the case of legislative action, the court may find the General Assembly's chosen balance of those interests to be a violation only when the court determines the invasion of privacy is unreasonable as a matter of law. In other words, if the General Assembly could have could fairly have determined the invasion of privacy was reasonable, this court may not substitute its judgment on the question of reasonableness. The 2023 Act recites the state's interest in regulating abortion differently than the 2021 Act, stating the state of South Carolina has a compelling interest from the outset of a woman's pregnancy in protecting the health of the woman and the life of the unborn child. The state argues that this provision does make explicit the General Assembly's expression of the state's interest in protecting life from conception. The 2023 Act, therefore, represents a new, stronger expression of the state's interest since Planned Parenthood 1 was decided, that goes directly to this personhood question. <laughs> like, take a second. Yeah. Breathe in, breathe out. I just read a lot of legal jargon for you. I'm, I'm nerding out, man. I'm geeking. Yeah. I'm oh, geeking yeah. right now. We all are. I'm, I, I'm sorry. We're, like we said, this is all fresh. We're texting people. He's, he's got a nice computer that he's doing it on. I'm on my phone. That's because I have a Mac. Um, yeah, so... The state interest, this is a heartbeat law, for lack of a better term, right? We say six weeks, could be seven, kind of depends on when you get that, that cardiac activity, right? The, the, you see it on the screen, like you see it. Could be six, could be seven, could be eight. But the, but the, the, the interest stated... The state of South Carolina has a compelling interest from the outset of a woman's pregnancy, meaning from the beginning, in protecting the health of the woman and the life of the unborn child. Well, that was- That's a personhood question. That's stating, and just as few is reiterating, that that establishes that this thing is a person. Yes. And because of that, that is a stronger expression of state interest because it is within the state's interest 
to protect life. Which then would lead you to the next question, right? Why stop at six weeks? For another day? That's an, that's that's another question and for another listen, day. Listen, I, I'm going to say this because I know somebody's going to watch this or, or watching it right now, and they're going to say, listen, all you quote-unquote quote unquote pro-life people are celebrating pro-life a Pro-life establishment. I've been called a member of the pro-life establishment. You're celebrating nature. a half measure that is unjust and wrong and unbiblical. Time out. Anytime. And 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 Preach. this is where this Preach is it. where I'm going to get a little animated. Preach it. Anytime. Pro-life legislation can get a win. That's a big deal. Yep. We live in a fallen and broken world, mm-hmm. and anytime we can get a win, that's a big deal. Amen. Are we done? No. Absolutely not. No way. Will we stop until abortion is not only illegal, but also morally reprehensible? No. No, We're not going to stop until then. But for now, for those of you out there who who are calling a flag on the play and are going to share this video with others and say that a bunch of half-measure compromisers, Mitch at palmettofamily.org. Justin at palmettofamily.org. I'd love to chat with you sometime about how we've got to do what we can do while we can because listen I'm on the phone or I'm, I'm on a text message strain right now with members of the FPA movement the Family Policy Alliance and FPCs Family Policy Councils from 40 plus states right now they are lauding what our Supreme Court just did one of them just asked if we could loan them our Supreme Court I, I don't think that's possible I don't think that's constitutional not constitutional sorry States, and I'm not going to call, well, I will. States like California wish they could get this done. Of course they do. States like Massachusetts beg for this kind of thing. Of course they do. Now, I'm not saying that this is the end. We just boldly stated it's not the end. It's just the beginning. But for now, here, in this moment, at least for 15 minutes before we move on to the next one, we're going to celebrate life getting a fighting chance. Life winning here in the state of South Carolina. This is huge. This is a big deal. Justin's sending, uh, I'm telling you, we're working, like, as we speak on this, Justin's working on an email right now to send out to you, including the the decision, including uh, some, some notes on the case. Listen, this would not have happened. I, I, have, to, I have to stop and take a second here. This would not have happened if you hadn't prayed. Amen. Hadn't prayed for legislators. I, I can I can mm-hmm. take you back to a motel room in Washington D.C. when the when the power went out or the computers went out inside mm-hmm. the state legislature, and I'm texting people, and they're like, "We don't know what just happened." I can take you to conversations the night this bill passed in the House and the day that it was confirmed by the Senate. I can take you to those conversations, and I can take you to people and legislators, possibly some of yours, if not yours, themselves themselves i don't think that's right i think it's fine who said if it hadn't been for the prayers and support of our constituents we don't know that we would have had the fortitude to keep moving that's a big deal you have a vital role in this you prayed you partnered we are so grateful for the the support that you've offered palmetto family i'm not saying i'm not saying that this wouldn't have happened if palmetto family did palmetto family has been on the front line of this for 30 years 30 years 
This is the most pro-life piece of legislation that has ever been upheld and become state law in the state of South Carolina. We're not done. So by, not you, by a long shot. Not, not even close. Hey, hey, you get uh, real quick. I, I don't want to interrupt your monologue because no. it was really good. Yeah. Real quick, just want to just want to offer a little piece of advice to like three different groups of people. You ready? You ready for this one? We're going to celebrate the heck out of this thing. This is a big win. That's number one. Number two, I, I mean, I guess all the money that Planned Parenthood wasted on this legal challenge, get ready for another one because we're not done. And for those, I can I can I echo your sentiment real quick? For those of you who say this is half measure, that, that we're part of the pro-life establishment, yeah, you know what? Crucify me. Go ahead. I, you know what? I'm so crazy to believe that we need to get incremental change. I'm so crazy to believe that any piece of legislation that that protects any life is important and is valuable. I believe any legislation that saves babies' lives is good and right. Is it the best? No. No. But shockingly, since Genesis 3, we haven't exactly lived in a perfect world. Well, And we operate in an imperfect system. And when wins like this happen... And when a state Supreme Court, within two years, two, changes from a 3-2 unconstitutional to a 4-1 constitutional question and it's upheld, like, like, we live in a, we live in a, we live in a society that is so fast-paced and so fast-moving and we can't believe certain things happen. Think about that for a second. That same court building had five justices in it two years ago. Three of them said you, this is unconstitutional. Two years later, Mitch. Yeah. Two years later. Let me go four back. of them rule it's constitutional. Let me go back because and and for those of you out there who say this is a, a half measure and you're and and this is hard. There are there are still babies who are being aborted in the state of South Carolina. After this law is upheld and the injunction has been up, 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 lifted off of mm-hmm. it, my heart, my heart breaks for those children. My heart, I, 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 it's hard to put into words how I feel about that. It is morally reprehensible, and it should be illegal. We're going to get there. We are going to get there. With your help, we are going to get there. But for here and now, this is the best possible solution that we have for the climate in which we live. In a perfect world, in a perfect legislature, human life protection would have passed. In Correct. A, in a perfect legislature, they would just say, you know what? Abortion is the ending of a human life. And, and we find that not only wrong and morally reprehensible we find it illegal and we're going to do something about that in a perfect world but unfortunately we don't live in that perfect world we don't live in that perfect state and i just have to stop and say for all of you out there who worked so hard to get this done thank you yep thank you you can pray with us you can participate a partner with us and and we need your help you know and, and mitch you turn everything into a financial ask we need to continue to do this kind of stuff, and we need your help in doing it. Participate. You being at the state house, you calling your representative and senator, that matters. That matters. When you show up, uh, you know, Justin, I've said this time after time, you must be present to win. 
if you don't show up, you can't get the win. You know, it, 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 it's like um, schedule a football game on a Friday night and you get everything ready and uh, your quarterback doesn't show up for the game. You, how, what are the, what's the likelihood you're going to win? Slim to none. Yeah. Slim none. When you show up, we win. Keep showing up. Keep praying. Keep partnering with us and keep participating in this process. You show up, and 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 I preach you for just a second. When God shows up amongst us, we win. Absolutely, we see great wins. Absolutely. So, really quick, I, I want to get to. There's some Facebook conversation happening. Um, I want to thank you guys for for tuning in here on Facebook and on YouTube, and of course, if you're listening on the podcast version of this, you missed out. Um, this is like I don't, I don't typically like using last names, but I will for this one. Miss Alexa Newman. Um, yes. Comments a on how champion. exciting this is. A champion in the in the pro life movement in South Carolina. It is exciting, Miss Alexa. Um, I won't look at the ones that are lauding us, but uh, Cindy says absolutely, Mitch. The goal is to save as many lives as we can at this moment. Wholeheartedly agree with that, Jeffrey. Uh, I think regarding the point of something changing in the court and the decision, I think it goes to Jeffrey a few things. Number one, there is a different justice sitting in what was Cahern's seat, right? Justice Hill. I mean, that is a, that is a simple switch to three to two, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but it is. We would assume, but and and we have the evidence now. By the way, this the, is an assumption. He the ruled in the majority. Com- the state's compelling interest was another major facet of this, and, and establishing Correct. a compelling interest in the life of the child. At at a at a set from the point. outset of pregnant, uh, yeah, the set yeah. point is the outset of the pregnancy. By the way, the second and the second thing there, Jeffrey, is that is that Justice Few saw that the state strengthened its legislative findings, strengthened its interest of the state, in which it meshed with the focus of the bill. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. that's the difference. Those are the differences. We're continuing to pour over this. We're we're continuing to. Uh, read, we're going to read this more in depth once we go off the air um, to get more information. We do have other things that did occur you, today. Uh, so we're just going to roll right into what we were going to do. We'll abbreviate this portion of the show because, uh, and we'll probably fold in. If you still have a question on um, the heartbeat decision from Keep the commenting. South Carolina Supreme Court, or since we're here and, and you're joining us, I, I think we, we have a few people watching. Yeah. Uh, and I know you're going to watch this later. Um Ask questions about what we're what we're talking about next, and we hate to. Well, we're going to do a hard pivot. We're going to do a hard pivot. Um, to the um, impact. Meanwhile, meanwhile, if you could, I've I've linked everything here. Yeah. This is this is inside this baseball, is- <laughs> real quick. I'm sorry, I've linked everything we need. Read through that. If it's ready to send, then yeah, we're sending. We're about to get an email. Um, so we were going to talk about the president in Maui. I'm going to hold on that one. I'm not going to talk about that today because we have other things I want to get to. Um. Wow, it's really hard to pivot off of this. It's back to school time. Oh, dear. Speaking of. Across the country. And back to school lists, you remember getting those? I remember getting them at Meet the Teacher Day in in elementary school. I remember, um, you know, Kleenex boxes, because some of these things you would use to furnish the entire classroom. Um, but overall... You would get these lists, pencils, pencil box, pencil pouch, 
dry erase markers. You need a one and a half inch binder, three ring binder. You need folders with the tabs. You need folders with the little uh, split metal things, you know, for your papers. Well, USA Today, hold on, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to steal my yeah, computer back. Yeah, we'll 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 deal with that in a minute. Okay, so USA Today, not your average back to school supply list. <laughs> a parent's guide to birth control, COVID, and more. Wait, what? <laughs> this article written by Adriana Rodriguez, pin, pin pins, <laughs> pins, pins, binders, graphing calculator. Check, check, check. What's less likely to appear on school supply lists, however, are health-related items for teens and young adults, whether they're heading to high school or college. So these lists are for high schoolers and college kids, folks. But the health landscape has changed drastically over the past three years and has become more difficult to know how to prepare. Here's what to know about the tools that are available, where and where, where and how to access them, and how to use them. Number one, contraception. So looking ahead, to the spring semester, parents can consider the newest addition to over-the-counter contraceptives, a progestin-only birth control pill called Opil, which was approved by the FDA. HRA Pharma, which acquired the pill in 2015, is yet to reveal how much it will cost, but it will be available over-the-counter in 2024. Uh, here's something. So if you're, your kids probably already moved into college, I think most college move-in days are past first day of class for, I know USC is uh, tomorrow. Um, by the way, it's Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023, in the year of our Lord, 2023, I should say. Uh, we're live, so there's no need to timestamp this sucker. Mitch, you're sending your kid to ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, or you just moved them into college. Want to make sure that they have those condoms, well, says USA Today. And I, I love what our friend Al, Al Moore yeah. talked about. Uh, he covered this uh, very briefly on mm -hmm. the briefing. Nice, well done. Um, today, and he said, you know... And he, he brought up the idea of his parents, like yep. my parents and their parents. Let me just be straight up and honest with you. My parents. Right. Would, I mean, and I've got two good God-fearing Christian parents who love me like crazy. They love my children more than me because they're grandchildren. Uh, they love my <laughs> wife more than me, and that's great. I cannot imagine my dad looking at me, and, and this is going to get a little graphic, but it's it's to the point of the story. I cannot imagine my dad looking at me. I went to Bible college, just so. full disclosure, um, but that doesn't really change much. Um, I cannot imagine my dad looking at me, handing me a box of condoms and saying, son, Have you're going it. to college now. <laughs> what? What? Here's the issue. Here's the issue. Parents need to parent. Yeah, parents need to uh, are the 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 abortion like Plan B. They talk pill? about Plan B. Yeah, contraceptive sponges. I don't and, know and what then, that is. And then there's like fentanyl overdose protection. So we're gonna get to that. Oh my goodness! Uh, commonly known as the morning after pill or Plan B is the drug. Uh, the drug is a hormone-based contraceptive that prevents or delays ovulation, when which is when an egg is released from the ovary. In case you weren't aware, there are some of these things. They they also talk about a shot. You can administer every three months, and it's 94% effective. A patch, a ring, an IUD, an implant. You know, uh, what I've found is 100% fail-safe not to have a baby. Not having sexual intercourse? Purity and abstinence. Interesting. Uh, unpopular opinion, and I know that's not well, going to score me a lot of points. I think Especially, this, you know... Mm. I think this says a lot in this section about what 
society views now as a parent's role in the life of their child. Now, again, this is not just for college kids. The article says this is for your high school or two. Parents typically should raise their children in a way that leads them down a path of righteousness and like, hey, you shouldn't do this. All the while understanding that we are humans of free will and your 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 high schooler and your college student will ultimately make the decision they feel they want to make. And you can't control that. But perhaps encouraging promiscuity, not the best idea. They continue. Fentanyl accounted for more than 67,000 preventable deaths in 2021, which was a 21% increase since 2020. More than 5,600 of those deaths occurred in people ages 15 to 24. Using harm reduction tools like fentanyl test strips and naloxone, normally referred to as Narcan, can help reduce the risk of fentanyl poisoning or accidental overdose. It's important to know where to access these tools. So not only am I saying, hey, kids, hey, son, Johnny, Jimmy, Jane, I know, like, you're going to go to college. Jane? Your son's name is Jane? No, I, I switched to a girl. Uh, okay. Um, well, I switched boy named the, Sue? Boy, yeah. So, uh, anyways. I, listen, I know that you're going to participate in illicit sexual promiscuity. And you're probably going to do some Hardcore drugs. Or, you know, and there might be... A pill, a pill bowl that's mixed yeah, up. And just you like pick a, a farm party. You know what? I understand you're going to go to farm parties, and I'm not going to try to convince you not to. And I'm, I'm not, not going to be a that. parent. I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to say, you know what? Go have your fun, but here's some Narcan in case you OD. <laughs> do we see how stupid this sounds? And I don't mean to be crass, but it just uh, no, sounds it's, stupid. It's, it's moronic. Um, and it, She talks about how to use... Fentanyl test strips, oh. how to use Narcan, how to use the nasal spray version of Narcan, how to use the injectable Narcan, and then, guys, did you hear? Did you hear? COVID-19's back. Back and better COVID-19 than ever. COVID-19 to return of the lockdowns. Uh, coronavirus transmission has begun to creep up this summer due to travel, less frequent testing, and heat waves. Did you know heat waves... <laughs> They spread the vid. Did you know heat waves spread COVID? We are about to get crawled. COVID is spread by heat waves. Also, COVID is spread by cold weather. Also, COVID is spread by creating it in a lab and leaking it. It's amazing. Or, or licking doorknobs or <laughs> it's, plastic. Or menus. sticking your entire mouth on the water fountain. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing how many things. You know what else spreads COVID? General elections. 15 months before general election. Transmission is likely to continue in the fall and the winter. By the way, just want to make a statement I'm here. I'm so sorry. A school in Atlanta I'm has... Re- I'm not really sorry. A school in Atlanta has reinstituted their mask mandates. Um, there's Lionsgate has reinstituted its mask mandates. There are leaked transcripts that TSA is set to reinforce some COVID protocols inside of your airport starting in mid-September and by October Everyone flying a plane will have to mask. Now, what's going to happen is these have been leaked by government officials. So what's going to happen is, is they're going to they're testing the water to see where everyone is on this, and there's going to be a huge amount of pushback, and then they're going to say, "Oh, we weren't really serious. It's the whole gas stove thing." So COVID nineteen, how should you how should you handle this? Well, maybe you should like get them, you know, get them to take the shot and then get them to be boosted six times. Basically, before you send your kid to high school or college, you need to give them three masks to wear at one time and you need to make sure their body is 80% COVID vaccine. Bubble wrap also helps. 
And then, of course, mental health. And I won't dog on this mental health Speaking thing. Speaking of bubble wrap. I won't, I won't dog on the mental health thing because I think, especially for college, I think freshmen who are not prepared for college will have a bit of a culture shock. The freshman 15 is a real thing. That's one thing. When you eat your feelings. But I think that not being prepared mentally for being away from home, not being prepared mentally for being an adult can take its toll on you. So this is actually good. This is actually good for parents to do. Talk about and practice those, those expected changes of what's going to come. Teach them to be an adult. Get them into a routine. Help them get organized. Talk about expectations you have for them. Let them know what your expectations are for them in college. It's called delayed or, or, or a, like ramping up accountability and responsibility. Correct. If your kid, I'm just going to put this out there. Now, whether they come home on the weekend to let you do their laundry or get you to do their laundry, you know, and you do it. If your kid who's going off to school and at that point, I'm just going to say it, grown man or woman, can't do laundry, <laughs> can't fill up the car with gas, can't put air in the tires, can't pay a bill, like whether doesn't know how or not financially responsible. Either way, um, parent better. And I know that's, like, really harsh. But if you're grown adult, and I know 18 is the, like, 18 is the new 14. You know, hold them to, and I'm not preaching, you know, like, uh, sanctimonious self-righteousness. Hold them to a standard. The, the accountability. If, if you said you're going to do this, do it. If, if your job is to feed the dog, feed the dog. If your job is to take out the trash, take out the trash, and that should be happening when they're young so that when they're older, they already have that in their mind. And I'm speaking as someone who has a, you know, 11-year-old, almost 12, 10-year-old, almost, or almost 10, and 6-year-old. We're already teaching them. And, and my parents taught me the same. And you out there, you're, you're, you probably taught your kids, or if you're a kid watching this, you, your parents are probably doing the same. We, we've got to hold people who are in our homes. And I love what Albert Moeller said. He said, here's the deal. Chances are you're paying for their college in some way, shape, or form. If you're sending them off to school and you're giving them all this stuff, or if you hold them to a standard and then they go and do it, there's one major thing that will hold them accountable, and it's money. You say you would withhold money, financial means, from a child who disobeys? Yes. It's the same as a kid that doesn't do their chores doesn't get yes. an allowance. It, 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 I, I was never on academic probation, but my parents clearly said, if there's ever a time where you're on academic probation, you mm -hmm. better find a way to pay for your schooling. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I pay for my schooling through working my tail off. I was on grounds crew. I was kitchen staff. I worked a full-time job, uh, all kinds of stuff, all the way through my undergraduate. They they made it very clear. If you don't make the grades, if you if you mess up, you will be responsible. And I'm very grateful for great parents who who help take care of me. Listen, we've got to hold our students, our children responsible. One right. last thing. Off soapbox. One last thing today 
is the new sensation uh, Richmond north of Richmond. Number one. Oliver Anthony. Um, Oliver Anthony, this song takes social media by storm. And Oliver Anthony debuted at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 song chart. He's the first ever artist to launch atop the list with no prior history in any form. So, he's never been on the list before, and he debuts at number one. Officially released on August 11th, this song drew 17.5 million streams and sold 147,000 downloads in the tracking week that ended August 17th. Not being promoted to radio, the song also tallied 553,000 radio airplay audience impressions, the bulk of so on country stations. This is a Farmville, Virginia-based singer-songwriter, former factory worker. His stage name honors his grandfather. His name is actually Christopher Anthony Lunsford. It drew uh, some praise on TikTok and has taken folks by storm. Now, I, I, I won't read all the, all the lyrics to it, and some of them I can't. Um, it, it, it's a working man's song. Yeah. It's a working man's song. This is a Waylon or Willie song. The chorus, well, let's start at the top. He, he talks about selling his soul because he's working all day. He's working overtime hours for less than for less than reliable wages. Justin, is that a good way to translate that? What, is, what, is he, what does he mean when he says he's selling his soul? He's working his life away. He's giving his entire being to work just so he can put food on the table, and it ain't enough money to make ends meet. That's what he's saying. And, 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 and I'm just... Is he complaining about working hard? No. Or is he just... He's complaining about the fact that he's working hard and it's not showing. He's not complaining about working hard. Everyone's fine to work hard. But if I work hard, okay. I expect to be compensated for the hard okay. work. Uh, okay. All right. Um, it's a shame, I'm cleaning it up, what the world's gotten to for people like me and people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Living in the new world... With an old soul, these rich men north of Richmond, that would be Washington, D.C., Lord knows they all just want to have total control. Want to know what you think. Want to know what you do. The song's in my head. And they don't think you know, but I know that you do. So they don't think you know this, but I know that you do know this. Because your dollar isn't really worth what it is because of inflation. Again, cleaning it up. And it's taxed to no end because of Richmond, north of Richmond. If the Richmond, north of Richmond weren't taxing you so much, you'd have more money in your pocket. Then he goes a step further. I wish politicians would look out for miners, meaning like coal miners. And not just miners, small children. Yes, this is Oh, okay, cool. I All wish right. they would look out for miners, hardworking people. And not just miners, children on an island somewhere. Woo, mic drop. I, I when I heard that I never read the lyrics. Yeah. I thought he was talking about like minors, like children in general, not just the ones on like Epstein Island. Yeah, uh, we got folks in the street ain't got nothing to eat. That's true. Homelessness is at a at a high mark, and the obese are milking welfare. Not arguing that people shouldn't be on welfare. Should we go get some fudge rounds? We've eaten well if pies on this. Well, show. if you're five foot three and you're three hundred pounds. Taxes ought not pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this wonderful country does, I'm cleaning it up, is keep on kicking them down. This is a working man's anthem, y'all. Yeah. And, and while you can agree or disagree with what's being said, and you can say, well, he's just doing this to make a political statement. Yeah. 
Yeah. Same way Demi Lovato can stand up and sing in her new music video about how abortion is such a wonderful thing, and if you don't let her have an abortion, you're treating her like a sacrificial pig. So yes, it's a political statement. Darn right it's a political statement. What this is emblematic of, this Bud Light, Target situations, try that in a small town, all of this, I believe, and I'm going to be writing a piece on this. We're going to have this available on our website tomorrow. Tomorrow? Wow. Uh, Sorry, I'm thinking it's Thursday. Friday. Say, is that stepping it up? We're we're on the precipice. I like using the word precipice. That's good. So that's a of a that's a two and a half dollar word of a monumental culture shift. And I'm not talking Republican Democrat. I'm not talking red blue. I'm talking ordinary everyday people, elites. There is a, this is this drove Donald Trump's election in 2016, and at the and at the outset of his election, people CNN, ABC, CBS, whatever were like, maybe we should go to like small town America and find out how they think. And then within a couple weeks, I was like, nope, Russia's the reason, and it went away. The majority of people in America, whether they identify as Democrat or Republican, I won't take that as so far to say as conservative or liberal. But definitely Republican, Democrat, red, blue, north, south, east, west. I'm going to break some news for you. You ready for this, Mitch? You Y'all ready as we wrap up the show? Most people just want to be left alone. Yeah. Most Americans just want to be left alone. Most Americans want to just get out of my business and let me live my life. Stop taking all my money. Stop raising prices on stuff because you don't know how to run things. Stop giving my money to people who don't need it. Stop giving my money to people who abuse it and leave me alone. We're a libertarian in that way, really. And and here's the thing. It's this desire to return. I don't know so much to the 50s or 60s. I won't even say that. Because I was born in the 90s and things were different. I was walking my dog this morning. And I don't live in a gated community. I live in a small town. And so when I walk my dog, I walk my dog on, you know, neighborhood streets, but they're not really neighborhoods, right? They're just small town mm-hmm. streets. Mm-hmm. This morning about 6.30, I'm walking my dog. I don't have my Air, I don't have my AirPods in or my earphones in because uh, traffic's a, a, a bear in the mornings, even in a small town. You got buses and everything. You want to be situationally aware. I passed two different houses and in the back, side by side. Um, both of those, they, they had, the first house had a, Husband and a wife, they're older, sitting on the front porch. And they waved. They said, good morning. I said, good morning. They complimented how good my dog looks. I said, thank you. And they said, have a good day. And I said, y'all too. Then, like two seconds later, people sitting on their back porch. Their dog's running around in the backyard, little little ankle biter. And they wave. I wave. Every car that passed me this morning, I give them a wave to make sure they know I'm there and I see them and that I know they exist. Typically in the evenings, not so much waving back because people are ready to get home. But in the morning, man, to this morning, people waving. I think the majority of people just want to return to a cultural framework of we all coexist and we all get along and that we go along to get along and that we just want to be left alone. I think that I just go back to that. I think the majority of of Americans just want 
to be left alone to make a living, raise their family, not break the bank and break their neck to make ends meet, and be able to do things without some politician telling them what they can and can't do. And in this case, it's not even really the president. It's the bureaucratic administrative people who are telling you at the CDC or at the WHO or at the Department of Education or the Department of Energy. This didn't, we aren't starting this, by the way. This was foisted upon us. We're the ones who've been clamped down on. And I think, I think these lyrics like this tell us a lot about where the American people are. I mean, the fact that this person debuts at number one, having never been on the Billboard charts before, having never been heard from before, he struck a nerve. He hit on something that Americans are feeling. And that is simply, we just want to be left alone. Now, we went live today. We appreciate you joining us on Facebook, on YouTube, on our website. Is that real? Hold on, real quick. Please tell me. Please tell me that happened. Oh, come on. What did you think? Someone just hit us on uh, on Facebook and said that WLTX's headline was that an all-male Supreme Court rules, which doesn't sound crazy to me. So thank you for that. Uh, I believe that was Doug who just hit us with that on Facebook. That doesn't shock me. That doesn't shock me one bit. They'll try to delegitimize this court now. They'll do whatever they can to discredit this court, and to impugn the character of these justices, do not let them do it. Don't let them do it. What a great day in South Carolina. If you missed it off at the top, the reason why we're live today, the South Carolina Supreme Court in a 4-1 decision has vacated the injunction placed on the heartbeat law and has ruled it's constitutional, and it is now, ladies and gentlemen, in effect. And it's a great day in South Carolina. By the way, we will be back tomorrow morning. Well, I will be. He's he will got a, be. he's got a he's got a mold a young he's got a mold young a young impressionable minds. Um, dear Lord, help them. <laughs> uh, I'll be back tomorrow because tonight it's debate time. And uh, isn't that what you put on the hook? And Donald <laughs> Trump is also talking to Tucker Carlson on Twitter. So we'll probably talk about both of them. And we'll do that tomorrow morning on the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. For our entire team at Palmetto Family and for Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. Thank you so much for jumping on with us, taking a look at this. What a great day it was in South Carolina. Heartbeat Law is now the law of the land and is ruled constitutional. Y'all have a great day. We'll see y'all tomorrow.